Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. Hey everyone, Kim here. It has been a long time since I have um, had a guest on, and I know that we just saw Paul last week. However, I recorded him before the Greg Locke and also the Chosen series. So yeah, I'm extremely excited. I have a lot of actually guests coming on Life Clips. So I actually have interaction with a person, which is awesome. So thank you for tuning in this week. I also want to say thank you to all the new subscribers. So hello, hello. I don't know how you made your way here. Just comment below and let me know how you found Life Clips. And uh, again, welcome to the family. I try as best as I can to call you guys family members and not just listeners, because that's what we are. And um, I'm just so thankful and so grateful that you're here and you're journeying with me on this podcast. So thank you very much. This week's mug is a little different. And the reason I'm using this mug is because what this mug says is really what so many people think today. And part of the premise of our show here today. So let me introduce this week's mug. So how many of you out there, if you would comment below, let me know if you agree with this or not. But this mug here says, do more of what makes you happy. And isn't that so fitting today? Do more of what makes you happy. That's a Joel Osteen message, the power of I am's, your best life now. It is a staple that we have heard. Oh my gosh, for what? Like the last 20 years, do what makes you happy. No matter what journey you're on, do what makes you happy. No matter where it lands you, just make sure you're happy. So on the lines of that, kind of, sort of, but not really, I want to welcome a very dear friend of mine. And I, I think I can say that. Um, I haven't known her very long, but there's just this bond when you're in the family of Christ that you know, that you know, that you know. And I think I always say that, right? That's why we have all of eternity, because not only are we going to probably spend the first gazillion years just basking in the glory of God and worshiping Christ, but we're also going to be meeting our family members. We're going to be able to talk to David and Solomon and Peter and Paul. So that's why we have all of eternity. Because I mean, I know I'm going to take the first gazillion years, like I said, to talk to Jesus alone. Get in line. No, I'm teasing. Uh, too bad we won't have that selfish mentality. But anyway, so again, I think I can say this with Addie because I have met this group of kindred spirits, biblically sound Bereans. And, you know, for a, it's storming really bad here, guys. So if I hear like something falling off my patio, that's why I'm looking like I just did. So I just want to make sure uh, it was pretty hellacious. I had a little bit of hail come in here to get ready for this recording tonight after work. But anyway, so 
We know, we know. And I, I've met, I, I've prayed for a long time for like-minded believers to kind of, I don't know how you want to word that, but just come alongside me in this life. And I found just an amazing group and we're, I'm going to have some of them here on Life Clips. So Addie Miller is actually one of them. And I want you to please give her a great big hello in the comment section, please. And I realized something that like when I introduced the mug that Martha gave me, so I think what a lot of you may be doing is when you click the link, you're not actually signing into Rumble because I really want the feedback. You know, when I say comment, I really want to comment at that point, but you can't comment unless you are signed in to Rumble and have an account. So if you haven't done that, go ahead, sign up. It's free and then subscribe here to the channel. But, you know, Martha didn't get the love that I wanted her to get with the mug. And um, I really felt that that was really sweet and special. But so when I say comment below, I want engagement. I want you guys to engage with this podcast. I do this for you, not just to hear myself talk. So anyway, with all of that being said, I want you to give a great big hello to Addie. So that means <laughs> sign into Rumble and go ahead and subscribe and comment, share, and of course, hit that little boxing glove. So Addie's podcast, you can find her on the last hour Bereans, both YouTube and Rumble channel. I know that they're slowly getting some of their content on Rumble. So you may not find all of Addie's videos there, but head on over to YouTube on that channel. All the links will be here in the show notes this week. Click it on and it's called Discerning the Drift. And uh, again, like-minded individuals, we're just, we're just gathering around each other and we're exposing the darkness in these last hours. And I'm so glad I'm not on this island all by myself when it comes to new age and aliens and UFOs and uh, just all of these psychedelic drugs and all of these things that I felt like I was the only one who thought this way, that the Antichrist is going to come on the wings of new age and not tyranny. And I'm, I'm glad to have like-minded individuals in these last hours. So today I am honored to have Addie on my show. And I just hope that you guys tune in, um, really just hone into what we're talking about here today. And unfortunately, new age is going to be the deception. We read it in the Bible. I'm not making it up. The Antichrist rides the beast. The beast at first is a religious system. So whatever that system looks like, will you be part of it? So anyway, enough with me babbling. Let us welcome Again, in the comment section, give her a big shout out, Addie Miller, to the Life Clips family. All right. Hello, Addie. How are you doing today, love? I am doing wonderful, Kim. It is so good to be here with you. And I pray more than anything that this podcast that we're going to do is going to be a blessing to many people and an answer many questions. I hope so. I know we have a lot to dive into today. So one thing I want to do is I did say in the beginning in my introduction that you'll see on playback, but I, uh, I kind of gave a little bit like where they can find you, but let um, our family members know here at Life Clips who you are. Why do I have this woman here today? What can you bring that's different than anything else maybe they've heard on this podcast? So just give yourself a little intro so our people can get to know you. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do, 
or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do, from your show being listed on every major podcast platform, to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites, to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. Okay, well, my name is Addie Miller, and I am uh, from South Central Louisiana. Uh, grew up Cajun, grew up uh, very devout Roman Catholic, actually ger- generationally Roman Catholic. And um, the Lord, I just got radically saved at the age of 28. My mother-in-law ministered to me for four years. God mm. sent me the man that I love, that I fell in love with immediately. Wow. And his mama happened to be a former Catholic. Mm. So God had prepared the way. So at 28, I got saved and, and uh, you know, just was just gloriously walking in this, this new understanding of biblical salvation. Mm. And through the years, I just started seeing some things coming into uh, Bible preaching churches that uh, were a little disturbing to me. So because I am a natural uh, research analyst, it's something that I have always done. I never <laughs> even knew there was a name for it, <laughs> I love but it. I am a natural research a- analyst. I love to dig and find information. Mm-hmm. That was Sister Kim 37 years ago. Wow. So for 25 years, the Lord laid it on my heart to do all of this deep study mm-hmm. of various topics and concern that I was seeing coming into former Bible preaching churches. And my husband would always say, why are you doing all of that? And I'd say, I don't know. I just know the Lord won't do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the age of 60, God started opening doors for a teaching, a discerning, yeah. discernment yeah. teaching ministry. And then God hooked up with Chris and Last Hour Bereans. And yeah. here we are. <laughs> I know. So it is discerning the drift, right? Because I know you're on YouTube and then on Rumble, they're slowly getting stuff over. But that is the name right. of, right. Okay. My, that's what my I My personal ministry is discerning the drift. Okay. And then Chris carried all of my uh, uh, videos and he is, we're popping up podcasts too. I have a, bu- a Buzzsprout podcast as well. And, uh, and he has a lot of my, uh, my recordings, my teachings on his, uh, 
uh, last hour Berean. So yeah. Awesome. So okay. Perfect. So I try to keep that like in the show notes where people can find you, where they can reach out. So when we're done here today, uh, just make sure that I have all of that information. So then when this airs after, because technically when we're recording this, of course, the chosen is still going on. So this won't be aired until, I don't know, the chosen ends. I feel like this thing has been forever, but I needed to do it the right way. Um, So I have to, like these people are crazy. Yeah. So that ends June 10th. And then I've got Paul uh, Kosorek. We recorded a long time ago with his book, Revelation. And then um, then you'll be aired. And then I'm going to be doing um, a really good one on psychedelics. But anyway, Ooh, so that's okay. basically, you know, so guys, yes, when I'm recording now, we're recording about a month out. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, so a lot, God's good. Okay. So we have so much to talk about today. And I'm hoping we can dive into it. So um, I have been beating the new age deception drum. uh, I would say probably a little over a year now. And well, no, because we're in 2022. So I'm going to say two years because it really started with COVID. And I always felt like I was on this island. And then all of a sudden, I, I heard you, I heard Jenny, and I heard Chris and Lewis, I believe was his name. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not crazy. I, I, I believe. And you know, I, as much as I love, and I love, cause he's been on this podcast a few times, both him and JB love Dr. Andy. I love JB, but I feel like they're honing into too much, the new world order and this global agenda. But I, I feel like they're doing a disservice because there's so many people who are going to be led by the false religion because I mean, sorry if this offends anyone, but the Pope is going to be left behind. <laughs> and Amen. right. So yeah. why, why are we not talking about that? If I'm a Catholic and there's 1 billion plus followers and I see the Pope here, would I not be deceived now by this false religious system? Well, of course I. So what I want to do, because you're going to do most of the talking here today, what I want to do is I want to read this quote. And I actually finished the book today. It was a book on audio um, from Tim LaHaye, and it's called Revelation Unveiled. And now keep this in mind, guys, this book came out in 2010, 2010. Now I'm chopping it up. This is not a complete one quote. So this is what Tim LaHaye said. The Antichrist will be a master of deceit, even in the religious realm. According to Revelation chapter 17, the Antichrist will give tacit. Now, I'm not very smart. I don't know if everyone listens to me is is smart. So I always try to let you know what that word means because I didn't know what that word meant. So tacit means not spoken, implied by or inferred from actions or statements, not speaking, or he's staying silent. So the Antichrist will give tacit, so not spoken approval to the ecumenical world church, continuing to quote, which after the rapture merges all of the world's religions, not because he believes in it, but because of its tremendous political overtones and his aspirations to control the world. He, still talking about the Antichrist, apparently will be dominated by the ecumenical church. Stop there. I'm going to continue to quote from another section. When he says the word she will actually, he is Tim LaHaye is referring to this ecumenical religious system 
and the beast of Revelation 17. She will actually limit or dominate many of his governmental activities, but this will all be subterfuge on his part until he can gain, listen here, gather sufficient control to throw her off and kill this idolatrous ecumenical religion that even today has been gathering. Now, remember, that was in 2010. He talked about this gathering momentum in our own generation. The Antichrist's true religion will be atheism. People today demand religious tolerance for all. The book was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I didn't buy it. Like I said, I got it on audio. So while we're here today, Addy, we're going to go through some videos. We're also going to go through 10 things that literally, I'm not making it up, that have infiltrated our churches today. I'm going to share my screen. Um, I know I gave you this information beforehand, so hopefully you can see what's on the screen. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk what, what it is, show it on the screen, and then let you have at it. I said, I know I said three to five minutes. How about we'll do like two to three minutes? That way we can kind of fit everything in or wherever the Lord leads you. I guess I should say that because I don't want to hinder okay, well, the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what you need to do. You just need to say, okay, and we need to move on. And move on. Okay. I will do. And okay. I, I, do, I do not get offended. Uh, I got over getting offended when I started a discernment ministry. You know that. Right. Okay. All right, guys. So we had a little uh, snafu there. I had to uh, do something with Zoom. So as I said before, I don't want to be a broken record, but I cannot emphasize it enough. We have to start preaching new age order and not new world order because many people are going to be deceived. So what we're going to do here is I want to play before we start. Um, uh, yoga is a very big topic within the church. A lot of people do yoga. They bring yoga in the church. And I, I think I sent you the video and I want to send you this gentleman. He had a bit of a falling from grace. I can't stand when people say that, but whatever. He's a comedian. And I want to play this video. It is a little lengthy, but I want to keep it in context. And John Christ is going to talk about his supposed fall from grace. But then when he's doing this comedic show, so it's two videos in one. I want you to hear, guys, what he's saying in these videos. And then when he is done, when we're done watching this, Addy, I want you to share your thoughts on this video. What's up, everybody? Um, John Christ here. Hi. It has been over eight months since I posted anything on the Internet. And for a guy who used to post content literally every single day, um, that has felt like forever. Let me say, first and foremost, um, Thank you for all the love and care and support that you guys have shown me um, has meant the world. I don't know what else to say it, not necessarily support for choices I've made in my personal life, but support uh, for me as a human being and as a person um, has meant the world. I was in a treatment facility for four months and I was away from my phone and everything. And my sister would just send me letters from, from people that, had reached out to me or sent a letter to our, our office, or our website and people that caring for me and concerned about me, praying for me, wishing for my restoration and healing. Um, incredibly humbled to receive that support. Certainly, certainly undeserved based on decisions that I made in my personal life. Uh, but incredibly humbling to receive. So let me just say thank you. First of all, I think uh, or I had assumed that I had lived 
any a community of people that would be the first to look down on me and judge me and point fingers at me. Um, and I felt nothing but the opposite throughout this whole process. Let me just say how how hopeful and encouraging that was to be working on my own mental health and my recovery and healing and be working on my own mental health and my recovery and healing and be working on my own mental health and my recovery and healing and be working on my own mental health and my recovery and healing and have a bunch of people rooting for me and supported me uh, meant the world. Uh, that being said, uh, I think I'd just like to say that I, I don't think I want to say uh, that I made a lot of poor choices in my personal life, that I, I've made a lot of decisions uh, that hurt myself, that hurt other people, and that embarrassed myself and had consequences. And I, I can look you in the eye and own that. Um, I think at the beginning of this process, I wanted to uh, hop on the internet and justify and rationalize and minimize and kind of explain and defend myself and, you know, coming through all the way through the healing and recovery process, I can look at you uh, eight months later and say that those choices were on me and uh, that those decisions were mine and no one else's and no one else's to is to be blamed or no one else is to be, I, I point the fingers at no one else but myself. And uh, I made those choices and uh, uh, that's on me. I don't think there's any way else to explain that. Uh, I had a problem and I needed to get some help. I think it's the simplest way to say it. Uh, and that's what I've been doing for the last eight months and that's what I'll continue to do uh, to put a priority on my own mental health. I had a problem and I needed to get some help. I think it's the simplest way to say it, uh, uh, to put a priority on my own mental health. I had a problem and I needed to get some help. I think it's the simplest way to say it, uh, uh, to put a priority on my own mental health. I had a problem and I needed to get some help. I think it's the simplest way to say it, uh, uh, to put a priority on my own mental health. Um, so let me just say thank you. It is, um, Perhaps I think to me the most embarrassing part is that uh, I make a living. All my comedy videos were, were pointing out uh, hypocrisy in a lot of ways, whether it's the honest football coach. This is what he's saying, but this is what he means. Or every parent at Disney. This is what the commercials are saying, but this is what it's really like at Disney. And perhaps um, the most embarrassing part of this whole thing is that uh, is the, the biggest hypocrite in all this was me, that I was portraying a person on the internet that I was not behaving like privately. I think that's the simplest and easiest way to put it. And uh, that's on me. I think um, if I can look you in the eye and, and tell you that I'm part of the problem, that I could also be uh, a part of the solution. And I think that's what I'd like to be. Um, I've been doing that in my personal life and like to, to make that transition to, to continue to do that publicly. Obviously, um, there's been a million times in the last eight months that I want to jump on the internet and make a video or make a joke or an Instagram story, but I knew uh, that if I didn't take the time to fix the broken pieces of myself, um, that I wasn't going to be good for anybody. So um, thank you all for the love and support and care. It's truly as, as meant the world, and I'm grateful uh, that you guys have been on this journey with me, and 
I can't wait for the future. I'll see you soon. Anyway, but listen, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to get into kind of like spiritual message or something because I know there's one guy that's not a Christian here. So try to get him saved, but uh, like I've been through a lot in the past two years of my life, and you can look it up. On, you can Google. Well, don't Google it, but uh, maybe it's fine on page two by now. But who knows? Uh, <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of shame surrounding sex. That's why I make jokes about it because like it's a, it's like a that's a God given, and a lot of like I've been through a lot of embarrassing things, and especially I wanted to commit suicide. Uh, I was in rehab for four months. It's a long story. Somebody goes like, "What's going on here?" Uh, <laughs> Anyway, but there's a lot of like, I was, I was talk about it because there's a lot of people in here that struggle with a lot of shame, especially surrounding. I was in rehab for four months. I got out of rehab. I was on a Sunday, so I went to Five Guys. Chick-fil-A was closed. Uh, and I went in there and I was like very embarrassed. I, knew, I didn't think I'd ever tell jokes again. I, I gave up on being a comedian and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, I just want to, you know, live by myself and not tell jokes anymore. Uh, but I never forget this. Oh, I love you, girl. Okay, well, yeah. That's how I got in trouble last time. So don't... Uh, I don't know. I, that's stupid. Uh, there's a lot of shame, a lot of shame surrounding sex, especially as a Christian. I never forget because everything I went to was horrific and embarrassing and, and, and awful, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But the only thing worse is if that would have never happened to me because I would have lived in just, uh, okay, one guy's from church. We love you. But like, I, I like I, there's, I've dated women that are in their 30s and that just carry around a lot of shame surrounding sex and that just something that they did that you don't think you get. And I thought every I thought everybody every time I had like a sold out show or anything that I did like on television, it would always come as a Christian. It would come with a lot of shame because I thought that if everybody knew the truth about me, that all these people would hate me. And that whole rehabilitation process is I found out that there's a God that loves you and He cares about you and He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. Uh, let's pray. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Sorry. I got too deep. I got into a hole. I didn't know how to get myself out of it. I kind of... My bad. <laughs> anyway, we're, if you'd like to... We're just going to pass around the buckets. If you have a couple dollars, slide them in. That would have been the perfect time for the buckets. Get them in with the emotions. Send the buckets, baby. That's stupid. I'll tell you one story about rehab. It's just like, all right, so I was in rehab for like four months and it was horrible. I called my best friend and his wife and I was on the speakerphone with them best friend and his wife and I was like dude this place is terrible you gotta wake up at dawn you gotta go to breakfast you gotta go to meditation you gotta go to yoga you gotta go to Bible study go to meditation you gotta go to yoga you gotta go to Bible study go to meditation you gotta go to yoga you gotta go to Bible study go to meditation you gotta go to yoga you gotta go to Bible study his wife I was crying his wife grabs the phone and I'm, I'm crying she goes I don't mean to interrupt here but we have three kids under five this place sounds incredible <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta talk to a therapist. I gotta talk to a therapist all day. She goes, you get to talk to an adult, huh? What's that like? I goes, you don't understand. There's drug tests. They watch you pee. She goes, oh, only one person watches you pee, huh? Did I hear you were going to breakfast? Is someone cooking you breakfast? That must be nice. I go, you don't understand. There's absolutely no sexual activity. She goes, this place sounds perfect. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, uh, yeah. a lot of takeaways um, that I could say, right? It's I, I heard a lot of me's and no Jesus. 
but I'm not the one who's going to talk on it. I want your thoughts. And I, I purposely, I'm sure you caught that. I purposely kept repeating some phrases on purpose, especially yes. that. Yes. So anyway, I'm going to set this little handy dandy timer. Um, Please do. And uh, <laughs> go for it. Let me know your thoughts and let our family members know your thoughts when you hear something. Are we being critical or just run, run with it, Addie. Timer has begun. You know, the first thing is it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because this guy, this guy really, you know, he has a need in his life and he doesn't realize who can feel that need. A lot of times, and I've learned this over the years, a lot of times it's not what people say, but what they don't say. That is very telling. And you, you picked up on that. I picked up on that is that it was always about him. And he 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 was self-deprecating. Uh, he talked about shame, but he also talked about talked in a manner that he could fix himself mm-hmm. or he mm-hmm. could go to this plate and what he was doing there could fix him. You know, the 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 the, the place where he got therapy, the meditation, the yoga, the uh, the, uh, the the owning it, you know, I own what I did, mm-hmm. you know, and all, all of that. So, you know, many times people talk and they don't say anything that would help them. And that's what I see in this young man. Mm-hmm. Is I see that that, you know, I'm thinking somebody needs to share the biblical cross, the biblical Jesus with this young man, because if he thinks he's a Christian and he is still believing everything that I heard him say, I took quick note about what he said uh, over those last three or four minutes. Not one thing did he say could be connected or reference the biblical God Amen. at all. And and it, I actually had a lump in my throat by the end of the program, even mm-hmm. when people were laughing. Yeah, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah, because this guy is lost and he does not realize that the God that he is trusting in as a Christian, I would love to know his background as a Christian, mm-hmm. because that speaks volumes when you go back and find out about people and what their their beliefs are. Yeah. I'm sure he has a very broad understanding of Christianity. Mm-hmm. He's probably pure uh, uh, emergent, postmodern, social justice universalist, you know, ecumenical. I have no doubt he's all of the above. Uh, But his talk, his very genuine talk was more like he had read or listened to or going to a treatment center that offered him a a self-help book Mm -hmm. on humanism, Mm. how I can save myself, how I can fix myself, how I can pick up the pieces, how I can fix what's wrong with my brain, with my mental Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, issue and all of that. I mean, he any any uh, book on 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 uh, humanism would be exactly a self help. You know, seven step, twelve step. That's what I heard when he was speaking directly to the camera. Yeah, was was it was all self help? There was no biblical references. Right. There was there there was nothing. There was nothing. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I know that uh, my greatest need is Jesus Christ because the mm. sanctification will take care of my mental problems. Correct. Once I get saved and know the true living yeah. Lord, mm-hmm. you know, it's heartbreaking. And, yeah. and he is so representative, representative of so many other people. Yeah, it sure is. I agree. Well, I, that was perfect. And you did that under four minutes, Addy. Like you, that's impressive. Cause I know I can't, cause I'm just chatting. Careful. Yeah, that was, you can, uh, you can Facebook him. And I think he may removed a lot of the posts, but I do find him funny. I find him comical, but, um, 
Yeah, they uh, he's uh, he was always one where sometimes people would post him and I'd be like, eh, that's not really biblical. So even before his fall from grace, he never and see, this is where if I could just be honest, then we'll move on to the next. But this is where people like me, you, Chris, and the rest of us come under such um, yeah. judgment from everyone, because if I heard it, you heard it. So who's not? Why are we the only ones discerning like discernment? Although it's a gift, I understand that. It's not some prophetic gift. Discerning means we're in tune with what the spirit is saying. Why does that? Why do I seem like we're in these? We're like no man's on this island by ourselves. Like, how come there's not more discerning? Like, we're the idiots. People don't believe us. We're judgmental. How dare you criticize him, Addie? How dare you? And I don't, I don't get that. We're trying to help people along. So I don't know. Do you want to speak upon that real quick before we move to the next one? Well, I mean, just that, I think you just undergirded the, you can, you can criticize us. You can say we are judgmental. I've been called a basher before. Mm. I said, listen, I love these people. Like I, I literally had a lump in my throat watching this young man. Yeah. You know, I love these people enough to tell them the truth. And Amen. if you don't like me, that's not, I don't care. Right. I don't care because mm-hmm. I had someone tell me the truth. Amen. And I am so grateful for that. And I didn't mm-hmm. like it at first. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. praise the Lord mm-hmm. that I, the wooing of the Holy Spirit and I surrender to that. And here, here I am 37 years later, but, Amen. you know, we have to be able to understand that we are going to be that peculiar people, even more peculiar between in, in the middle of the peculiar. I know. I know. Talking a, peculiar I agree. People. Yes. You know, but, yes. but you know, Kim, this real quick, and I know we need to move on. I okay. think a lot of the problem today is that people are ignorant of the Bible. They are, mm-hmm. they are ignorant. They do not have a biblical worldview. And I'm talking about a solid, mm-hmm. foundational, biblical, no compromise, yep. narrow-minded mm-hmm. worldview. Yep. Okay? that you There is no room to go to the right or to the left. Mm-hmm. It is, is what it is. Amen. And I think... So many people do not even know the basics of scripture. They don't That's understand right. that scripture inter- interprets scripture. The Holy Spirit yep. is the teacher of truth, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And that started in the early, late uh, 1980s, mm. early, 19, early 1990s. About yeah. the time I was saved in 1985, and I saw it happening by mm. 1988 and 1989. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, we've been riddled under falsehood for so long that people have no idea what truth is. Agree, one hundred percent. And 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 also, what that what happened at and during that time period by the nineteen nineties, the late nineteen nineties, they were teaching in a manner that it would cause doubt, mm. cause doubt. Genesis three, causing doubt. Did mm. God really say that? Right. Or maybe yeah. that's not what He meant. Yeah. Or you know, y'all misinterpreted that. This is what that means. This is not, y'all were wrong. Mm-hmm. It was a causing doubt, just like in Genesis 3. That's right. That started in the 1990s with the emergent yeah. postmodern uh, mm. uh, uh, leadership movement. Mm-hmm. And then it's snowballed since then. I know, sure has. And, and not to digress on that, but that's how you know how much closer we are to the rapture. Because this has progressively gotten, I mean, we're in a place right now where I don't even think there's many a remnant here much i really especially here in america 
Yeah, it's accelerating. Like from sure. the time where I started picking up on it as a brand yes. believer, yeah. it is just going at the speed of sound. It sure is. I know. So it's I know. It's off a moment around the corner. <laughs> I know. Oh my, we could sit there forever. Okay. So the next thing I want to do now, here's where I want to kind of share my screen here for a little bit, which I should have done the first time, but I didn't. So I'm just going to go on some of these websites really quick. And uh, this first one here is what they're doing now in churches is they're using these angel boards. And I don't know if you can see that on your screen. It might be a little small because I know you're using your phone. But this basically, this is just a clip from Amazon and this is guiding light angel board. And it looks exactly like a Ouija board. So you have the little thing, but instead of guiding it with a Ouija, you're actually having an angel guide you. So you guys think I'm pulling your leg on this. Well, I'm not going to move the mic closer here. I'm not. Here is actually the board of angels, a sacred divine board. So I'm going to read this really quick. It says the board of angels is the board for the highest of all divine angel beings. It comes from a different reality. Go figure. We, where we originally came from, the divine angel beings are nothing like all of the different forms of angels and divine angelic beings that we have in this universe or our blue creation, such as guardian angels, archangels, etc. Instead, their board forms the foundation of the very creation of angels existing everywhere and in all levels. They have in many different ways inspired all bee-winged creatures and angelic beings everywhere and all over. I'm going to leave my screen share on because we're going to be on these for a bit, which I, what my tabs that I have. So what are your thoughts on angel boards that are now infiltrating our churches? Well, I mean, what better way for Satan to, uh, to deceive, right? Mm. They're not going mm-hmm. to use a Ouija board. Right. So we're going to create something that is beautiful and and you know because look at the pretty artwork that mm-hmm. yeah it's beautiful yeah i was mm-hmm. looking at the board and how yep. the artwork is just absolutely mm-hmm. celestially beautiful yep and so what better way you know it's this thing about when 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 they uh uh i think satan one of satan's greatest triumph is that people think that he's ugly and red mm-hmm. and has a pitchfork and a yep. you know the horns and all that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh so when something or some being appears to you and it's beautiful mm. you say oh that's not satan it can't be it's that's too beautiful right. yeah so what better way to, to, to creep into Christendom than under the auspices of angels? Because mm-hmm. the Bible speaks a lot about angels, right? Correct. So yep. they have they have the, those angels, they have the angel boards. And who doesn't want to talk to angels? Who doesn't want to talk to their their angels? Exactly. Which has been going on in within Christendom for years. You know, they mm-hmm. had, you know, churches that... Uh, one of the pastors, I don't, his name escapes me right now, but he had an angel named Emma that visited him. Oh, Todd Bentley. It may have been him. Yep. Todd Bentley, the charismatic guy who used to kick people for healing. Yep. Todd Bentley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of that, those groups, you know, the prophets. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, 
So, I mean, this is like an open door mm-hmm. and, and they're saying, come on in. And exactly. they also have, they also have angel tarot cards. They have angel vision boards where they use a visualization to contact the, the, the angelic realm. Mm-hmm. Of course, they do vision casting, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But, you know, I think it's the, uh, it's, it's, it looked harmless. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the, the best uh, deceptions that Satan has is he picks something that is seemingly harmless. It's a board mm. game. Yeah. You know, come on, mm. it's a board game and it's about angels. What could be more, you know, there's nothing dangerous about angels. That's going to be people's yeah. attitude because they don't understand that these board of angels are actually legion. They are demons, mm-hmm. you know, but are they going to show themselves as demons? No, no, not at first. Right. They won't. That's you know? right. So anyway, it's the infiltration mm. is incredible. It's like you said earlier, and it's getting the acceleration of all of the acceptance of all that is really, really speeding up. I know. It's so, so scary. So scary. So again, guys, these, these are things I'm not kidding you. These are things. And Addie can probably attest to that. These are things that are in churches today. Like I'm not making this up. Google it. Okay. So the next one here is participating in transcendental meditation. And what I want to do here is I, it was a seven minute clip. Um, I'm probably not going to play the entirety. I'll probably stop it. Um, just because I think it just goes on forever. And I think people in the beginning would get the point, but I do want to play, actually, let me stop my share here and let me share this screen. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to play this clip. Okay. So this is on that site that I just showed online from uh, Transcendental Meditation. And in the beginning, it just pricked my spirit because the devil, the thing people please hear me and hear me well, the devil cannot create his own ideas. He has to just keep repeating the old and then reinventing it by making something new in it. He doesn't recreate anything. He just reinvents it and calls it something different. So this right here was quite disturbing. And um, because everyone's doing it, but it's not your typical form of meditation either. And here, let's see what they have to say. Is that too sarcastic? Maybe I'm too sarcastic. My bad. Sorry. This is this is the guy. If you're going to learn transcendental meditation, he's the guy to learn it from. You've taught so many amazing people, but we don't want to name drop right now. But you're so tell people what TM is exactly. So transcendental meditation is a very simple, natural, easily learned technique that's done for about 15 to 20 minutes twice a day sitting comfortably in a chair that just allows your active agitated thinking mind to just settle down and access a field of calm that lies deep within every one of us i like to use the analogy of an ocean choppy turbulent waves on the surface of the ocean you could think oh my god the ocean is just in upheaval but you do a cross section and deep within the ocean, it's silent. And our mind is the same way. And so transcendental meditation, not a religion, not a philosophy, not a weight change in lifestyle. Anyone can do it from 10 years of age and up. And I taught Ellen and it was very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. When did, how long ago did you teach me? It was like six or seven years ago or something like that, was it? Yeah, it, yeah. it could have been longer than yeah, that. Yeah, long time. And, and uh, you were great. I remember asking you why you wanted to learn to meditate. I put this in the book and Ellen said, I want to maintain permanent connection with the intelligence that runs the universe. And I thought, whoa. (laughs) And then she paused and she said, and I can't sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah. 
It does. It really helps you. I mean, that it makes a difference. It just calms you down. So it seems like in the world today, everybody, I mean, we just talked about this on the show the other day. There's a survey that says, like, just about every young adult stresses six hours a day at an average. And, and we're all stressed today with what's going on in the world for various reasons. So it seems like now more than ever is a time that people should meditate. Well, I think we're living in an epidemic of stress, and stress is not just something we just sort of want to sort of muscle through. We can't ignore it. It undermines our immune system. We get sick because of stress, digestion, memory, the ability to sleep. It literally, too much stress over time kills us. And so now more than ever, it's not a luxury. We crave, we look for quiet, for stillness. And there are many meditations out there that try and stop the waves on the surface of the ocean. They're difficult to do. Transcendental meditation, as you know, is just effortless diving within and access that calm, and it completely transforms the brain and the body. Yes, it does. Explain some of the things that it does for you. Well, there's been over, over the last 40 years, there's been over 400 scientific studies published on the technique that show that it reduces anxiety twice as much as any other sort of relaxation technique, depression, insomnia, it wakes up the brain and improves memory, focus, creativity for people who have high blood pressure and heart disease. It's more effective than in, in many regards and even antihypertensive medication. That's not just me talking. That's the American Medical Association publishing research and the government funding research. Yeah, it's, it's amazing it, it, what it does. I mean, once you get into it. Um, so people say they have no time for it. And then they say, uh, it, it, so we'll start with that, no time for it. And also they say, I'm not good at it. As one person said, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. We're talking 20 minutes twice a day, 40 minutes out of our life to really for self-care. And you look forward to it. It's, it's kind of hard because we have a noisy world that a lot of people have kids and have a noisy household. And so it's really hard to find. I, I posted a picture on my Instagram the other day. Portia was trying to meditate. I was across from her on this day bed. And so she's trying to meditate. And she had three dogs on her lap, one cat. And, you know, it, she managed to still do it. But it's really hard to meditate when you are distracted like that all the time. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that's why you want to do it first thing in the morning before the kids get up. And it's better than sleep. You know, people say, oh, I need my sleep. I, I, but you get up 20 minutes earlier and the research shows it's actually in some regards twice as deep as the deepest part of deep sleep. And it wakes up the brain and it gives us more energy for the day and makes us more resilient. So what's the first step if somebody says this sounds interesting to me, but I don't have access to Bob and I don't know. How do I start? So go to TM.org. Find a, a TM center that's near you and find out about it. Educate yourself, make an informed decision. And if you want to learn, it's not taught in a mass meditation. It's taught one-to-one -one from a certified teacher. So you really get it. And the beautiful thing is there's thousands of TM teachers in the U.S. and around the world who can teach someone to meditate properly. And, and you're now in schools? In, uh, uh, you're, how many schools are you in? Inner city schools? Well, I head up what's called the David Lynch Foundation, and it's a nonprofit organization, and we provide uh, transcendental meditation to at-risk populations, veterans who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, women who are survivors of domestic violence, and now 600,000 inner city school kids who suffer from trauma that we can't imagine. It's no longer a luxury. It's actually, we were talking about this, it's exercise is from 
you say it better. Well, basically, people spend so much time exercising from the neck down, and we do everything to take care of our body when the most important thing is our mind and to, to relieve stress and relieve anxiety, because I don't know about you, but I have a lot of anxiety with what's going on in the world, a lot of stress. And I have to come out here and be happy every single day, and I want to feel clear. And the only way to do that is really to get to that quiet place and be silent and, and still. What does it feel like when you sit to meditate? Um, I told you, it feels like I'm home. It feels like, you know, the noise, you get, everyone gets so used to the noise. We get so used to just a humming sound. Or you, like, you ever been in a room and, and, like, you hear this humming sound and, and until it turns off, it's like a, an ice machine or an air conditioner, until it turns off, you didn't even r realize there was a noise? That's what it's like when you start meditating. You're like, oh, my God, I had no idea how noisy everything was until I was still and quiet, and it changes everything. So tell everyone, first of all, the book is so good, but what are you doing with the proceeds? Well, uh, My mic wasn't on, so I don't really care yeah. what he's going to do with the money, so we'll end it there. <laughs> a lot right there. I wasn't going to play. I knew I was going to kind of cut it off, but then it kept going, and I found there was right. a lot of nuggets in there. So heartbreaking, again. Um, always, be still and know is. that I am God, so take it away, oh, Addie. What do you think? I'm so tired of people abusing that scripture. I'm so tired mm. of people, you know, they do. But anyway, okay, just... Quick bullet point things, all right? Mm -hmm. First of all, when he said that there are scientific studies under uh, uh, for the mental and physical wellness of practicing TM, okay, that is, not, I don't know whether he's lying or whether he's ignorant because it actually, and he said that it was not connected to a religion. That's not true. Right. Uh, in the 1950s, in the 1950s, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi came to the United States and tried to get transcendental meditation out to everybody. He tried to get the population of the United States to accept TM. They rejected it. Okay, we're talking about the 1950s, right? So that's before the radical 60s. If he'd have done it wow. in the 60s, they'd have said, come on, bring it on. Correct. You know, but so this is what he did, Kim. He backed up, he regrouped, and he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to promote it as a as something for wellness, for health and wellness, mental mm. and physical. So I don't know if this guy doesn't want to know that or he knows it. He doesn't want to talk about it. But that is the truth about transcendental meditation. Mm. It did start with a, a Hindu guru who came to the United States. And when he realized it was not being ex readily accepted because they thought it was, you know, voodoo, hoodoo. Yeah. He said, let me back up and I'm going to do it this way. That's why they have all these scientific studies about it now, because he promoted it as wellness and healing of the physical and the mental. Mm. I mean, it, it's psychiatry and psychology. It's used in treatment centers. It's used in hospitals. And, and, and unfortunately, it has infiltrated Christendom yeah. by the truckload. Okay. So, and then when he talks about going in deep into inside to find the quiet, there ain't no quiet inside of me. There's none. You know, I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me that brings me peace. Correct. But before I was saved, I could have mm -hmm. gone and dove deep into myself, into my mm -hmm. inner sanctuary. And there would have been no quiet. Yeah. It would have been chaos. Mm -hmm. you know, because I was a sinner, a fallen creature, a sinner in need of a savior. Mm -hmm. Now I have that peace within me, but I don't know. I don't need to go within. I go without because God mm -hmm. is outside of space, time and matter. 
Amen. God is outside of his creation. He's not within me. I have the Holy Spirit who, who resides within me, but right. I am not a divine being. So yeah. there is so much that that man said <laughs> that I was just like writing all kinds of stuff, <laughs> you know, but it, there was so much of it was, I don't know whether he meant to tell some fibs or whether he's just ignorant. I, I don't know, Kim. I yeah. have no idea. You know, but it is a religion. It, it is connected to a religion. And transcendental meditation is very, very similar. When you talked about the difference, you know, between the, you know, the the ocean on top and the stillness here, it's all the same thing. You look mm-hmm. at contemplative, contemplative meditation, you look at centering prayer, you look at, uh, at, at labyrinth walking, you look at all of that, it's all the same. Yeah. It just has different names. Mm-hmm. And they use TM primarily when they want to connect it with medicine and science. See, because like mm. you said, it has nothing to do with religion. That's not true. Right. Because they've redefined it. Correct. So why do you think, because I know TM is, and of course it's not really called that, but why does it merge into the church? Because you remember, I know the Bible is clear, like meditate, right? They always take that out of context. Um, so how would you, how would you explain that then? Like, well, Addie, I'm supposed to meditate on the word of God and be still. And so I I am meditating. So how do you navigate that? And if they keep talking, they will eventually tell you that they're really not meditating on the word of God. You know, they might take a a word or a phrase out of a scripture Mm -hmm. and they will use it as a mantra. Yeah. So that's not meditating on the word of God, you know? So what I do is I let them talk and let them tell me exactly what they do. And every time Kim, Mm. they are not meditating according to scripture, right? They are are meditating according to the new age Mm. philosophies and teaching. Yeah. Because everything's been redefined. Mm -hmm. Everything. Everything. You know, the word meditates and this mission missionary has been redefined. Church Mm -hmm. has been redefined. Salvation or being saved has been redefined. Yes. Everything has been redefined, including how we meditate. You know, we meditate on God's word. Meditation in whatever form or title you want to give it. It tells you to empty your mind. Mm -hmm. Now find that in God's word under meditation. We are to meditate on God and his word. Amen. Not empty our mind. Correct. Okay. You empty your mind, you're in big trouble. Big trouble because you're going to meet up with uh, some little beings that you don't want to have nothing to do with. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that when you said that emptying your mind. And and that's exactly what it, that's where it begins. Yeah. You know, for you to reach in there and go to that stillness and that quiet, the first thing they do is you, they tell you is you have to, you have to empty, quiet your mind and you have to empty it. And that's why it takes such a long time to be a practitioner of yoga or TM or contemplative prayer or Mm. centering prayer or breath prayer, because you have to get all of those things in sync to be able to go within and have that altered state of consciousness. So speaking of that, you've heard of CE5 meditation then? Yep. Yep. Okay. So same principle in order to encounter you, yes. That's what they do. It doesn't right. happen overnight because that's why each experience is different. And that's usually why they go out to Joshua Tree because it's very starlit and, and the universe seems to be right in front of them. But exactly. so would you connect the CE5 meditation in with I all would. of this that you're talking about? I would. I yeah. would because, you know, all the all the close encounters, if you look at them, you know, you look at the level 
they mm-hmm. increase. You yeah. Know, you do that. You do, you know, you have the CE1, CE2, CE3, CE4, CE5, and then mm-hmm. it goes all the way to, it was a Heineck. It was a, an ancient alien uh, uh, promoter and believer named Heineck that created those CE levels. And mm-hmm. if you look at that, and the, each time, each time, the people have an encounter, it becomes much more profound and much more powerful. Yeah. Time. I know. So, yeah. And it's the same thing with all of these different types of mm-hmm. meditations that really, uh, they're all, te- the techniques are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. I know. They have different titles. So I want to show you something on the screen and I hope you can see it because I don't know if you've ever seen this, but in my research for this podcast here, I came across, so I, I, I love you. You need to come back on here all the time when I discuss this stuff, because you're very knowledgeable. So the chakra, as we all know, as it's, you know, there's people say there's yeah. seven other people say it can go all the way up to 85. So what is right yeah. and wrong with the chakra? We really don't know. Some people just do the six and they don't go to the seventh for enlightenment, but look right. what I saw. I like this because I did not know this. Yeah. So the seven, this is the seven chakras. So for those listening to the podcast, the, the chakra that you have seven levels, right? In the typical new age, you've got, I hate to, let's just say the first one is your sexual all the way up to your enlightenment, which is the, the, the eye, um, not the eye is the, um, not the eye, it's the crown. Thank you. So on here, the, this chakra is giving the seven types of ecumenical things. So number one says root indigenous. The second is sacral, which is, am I saying Taoism? Is that how you say it? Taoism, right? Yeah. You can say Taoism or Taoism. It can be with the or I've heard it with so the D, one, the Taoism. That's one is correct. Okay. Because I really, I, if you've heard You're me, good. you know that I stink at pronunciation. Because it's the fine. New Yorker in me. It's just, I can't get the Oz, you know, and I always try not to sound like a New Yorker. <laughs> so the third one is solar plexus, which is Hinduism. The heart is Buddhism. The throat, so now we're on chakra number five. Right. The throat is Judaism. Now listen to the top three. The third eye is Christianity and the crown is Islam. Tell, I'm like, what? <laughs> I love this. I wrote it down. Yes. A screenshot of it because, you know, I know <sighs> about the other, the other, the other definitions and way to express the chakras, but I had never seen them connected I know. I know. God sent that to me. I'm not kidding you when I say that because I've researched, I've done a lot on what it is. And I just have, and there it was an image and I'm like, what does that say? And I clicked on, I'm like, but I couldn't find it again when I was done. So of course I, you know, screen shared, but right. Right, So that's what I'm saying. It's all so. I wrote it down. Right. I loved it. It I know. I love learning new things. I love learning. Yes. And it gives such enlightenment to what people oh. actually that's see. And again, this is why I don't believe in easy believism because according to right. a new age person, why would they put the word Christianity? Because they do believe in Christ. So that's what I'm saying. Belief has to turn into faith. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an easy believism. I 100% agree. Yeah. It's belief through faith, no works. I can't do anything, but Amen. what Jesus are you believing Amen. in? Is it, is it the Christ consciousness? Is it the new age? Christ. Right. Okay. Is I mean, there's, there's, you know, is it, is it the Mahdi of Islam? Correct. You know that they're waiting for their yes. Or you know, and then the really cool thing too is when I looked at this list, Kim. It, I love this list. 
It's just really good. And then I wrote on the side the stuff that I knew about the chakras mm-hmm. and compared it to the um, the connection with the religion and Ooh. everything. And yeah, so let me hear that it, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I love this. Well, for the root, the indigenous, which is the color red, right? Okay, and it's kundalini, which is the base of the spine, which this, I could talk all day about kundalini energy. Mm. The kundalini energy is the actual basis for yoga. It's the foundation, just like it's said to be at the base of the spine. It's the foundation of yoga. If you go to Hindu uh, website, that's one of the first things they will tell you that the kundalini energy is the the foundation of Mm. yoga. Okay, so we have that in churches. Yeah, The kundalini serpent hour. Oh, for sure. It's in churches. It's, mm-hmm. Oh, it just blows your mind. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the base of the spine, and it's it's considered the grounding, the foundational, and the stability of you as you do your yoga. Taoism is, the, like you said, the, 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 the sacral. It's an orange. That's right below the navel, and it's your creative and sexual energy. Hinduism is yellow, and it's right below the chest, and it's love, uh, love, Self-love, you can't leave that out. No, can't forget the self-love. Gotta have the (laughs) self-love. And what I found was interesting was the last three at the top, you know, the chakra um, number five, and the uh, which is Judaism, which is the throat. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that is the center of the neck. It's blue. The third eye is Christianity. The third eye. Anyway. Sometimes my brain is so full of words that I can't get into. I know it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can edit all this out if you want. No, heck no. We're this is great. This is like the best podcast I've ever had. I'm loving it. Okay. So center of the form, it it is the intuition, the uh, the foresight, and the um. Let me read my own writing. The imagination. Hey, that is connect. It's indigo. It's the color. Christianity. And then, of course, the top, which I was like you, Islam is the crown. Mm. It's the top. Okay. That fascinated me. It's violet or white, and it's considered the top of the head. And that's the higher consciousness and universal divinity. Now, the first thing that I thought of when I saw that Islam at the very, well, I I thought of a lot of things, (laughs) but uh, was Islam has a mystical group called the Sufi mm-hmm. and you know, the whirling dervishes, right? Everybody's seen yep. them. the whirling dervishes where they put themselves into a trance while they're turning. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that I thought of because every, every religion in the world, if it's not wholly mystical, it has a mystical branch. Yeah. Every religion, you know, indigenous Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism, it's all mystical from mm-hmm. the root up, right? But Judaism has Kabbalah. Yes. Judaism is not wholly mystical, but it has a mystical branch. Sure does. Christianity. Ooh. Mm. And this is why I knew about Christianity, because remember, I'm a former Roman Catholic. Yeah. And I was very, very um, interested and drawn to Roman Catholic mysticism. Mm. That was my thing. I read books about it as a child. Mm-hmm. I wanted to experience what they were experiencing with all, you know, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Brother Lawrence, all of them. And so 
in Christianity, the mystical branch is monasticism, which is pure mm. Roman Catholic. I never heard that before. Pure. Yeah. Monasticism, which comes out of the monasteries of the monks. Okay. Boom. And then, of course, yeah. you've got Islam into the three top. Yeah. For five, six, and seven are said to be, now we could talk all day about this next thing, are said to be the Abrahamic religion. Mm-hmm. Now, Judaism and Christianity are. Yeah. Islam is not. It's not. It's not. Mm-mm. I've done enough historical yep. research to know there's no way. Yeah. Muhammad lived in the 600s. Yeah. It's- way after. Right. So they had to go backwards in time and say, oh, oh, by the way, you know, we're connected with Abraham. And they're talking spiritually and physically, you know, mm-hmm. to Ishmael, right? Yeah. Physically, yes, but not spiritually. Right. Not through the God of Scripture mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ. Right. So I thought it was interesting that those three, the, the, the five, six, and seven were yeah. Judaism, Christian, Christianity, and Islam. I know. I love this chart. It yes. rocks. Use it, talk on it. It is yours to keep forever. I I needed to see that. I know it's insane. And that's what people don't get. And that's the reason for this podcast is it's so intricately woven right now into, and again, I'm not a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And the word Christian is only mentioned three times in the Bible, but follower is mentioned more than 20. Yes. So, and it's been corrupted, Kim. Correct. To say you're a Christian today is meaningless. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's meaningless. Yep. Just Uh like the two people at my pool yesterday. I mean, that was just a godsend because I wasn't planning on staying, but the, 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 um, uh, Carla was very, I mean, and I did not back down. I talked about mm-hmm. how I feel about gay marriage, um, how I used to be bisexual when I was backslidden. She didn't know what that meant. And she didn't, she asked me, what do you mean by born again? So she, they were prying, both of them were prying and they were engaged. There was no anger that even though I disagree, she was a liberal, believe it or not. And her husband's a Republican. She said 2020 wow. when Trump was elected, but they've been married 17 years. I said, well, if you can make it through the Trump administration and COVID anti-vax, Good. no vax, no mask. I said, then you guys can make it through anything, but their questions were so deep, but yet you can feel the devil had a hold on their minds to your point before they probably empty like their minds, you know, she smokes a little weed, whatever. But, um, in that conversation, I just let them know there was only one way. They were like, well, how do you know? It could be a woman. I'm like, because, and I always take me out of it. I don't say Kim says, I said, God says, I said, this is what I believe. God says this. And then I remember one time she had said something. So I'm, I'm seeming Sean, I think he's got some biblical background because no one knows this first. And when he said, he was like, yeah, that's true. So they were talking, she was talking about um, when she's out on her balcony, because I do, I I love where I live. It's beautiful. You hear the trees, you get the sunrise, the sunset. It's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I'll sit out there and then the universe will come to me and I'll just look outside. And I'm like, I said, do you know, the Bible says that through creation alone, Carla, you'll know that there's a God. And um, Sean looked at me. He's like, wow, you really do know your stuff. I don't know my stuff. First of all, I know scriptures, but I can't tell you where it's found. Right. I can. I'm like, well, you know, it says um this, but I don't know. Just Google it and you'll find the message. But in that conversation, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I, I think, and again, please, family members, I'm looking right into the camera right now. Sean and Carla, lift them up in prayer that the seeds that were planted, God would press upon their heart. And I mean, 
they asked questions that the conversation was amazing on everything, but she had asked me, you know, if you were bisexual, how come you're not anymore? I'm said because of Jesus, Jesus. I said, cause you have flesh and spirit when you're born again. And I told her what born again meant. Yeah, and yeah. I said, so I was battling that for 30 years and my flesh was winning, but my spirit was like, okay, enough is enough. And then finally I had a very rude awakening and I, you know, and then she's like, well, I don't understand. I said, you have to know that you are in need of a savior. I said, you have to know that you're a sinner and in need of a savior. I said, if we don't recognize, she's like, well, I'm a moral person. I said, by whose standard are you moral? I said, the bar that I measure my morality is against Jesus. I can never fit that bar. And so, but they were not, I mean, again, it was an amazing conversation over two hours. I mean, I'm sunburned on my back because I couldn't put my lotion on. But I didn't care. I didn't care about my sunburn. I'm like, Jesus, just sacrifice unto the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) But it was amazing. So I finally got out of the pool around 430. I was planning on leaving at three. And I just happened to go in just to kind of cool off a little bit. And then they would actually, you know, how the conversations, let me digress on this. You know how the conversation actually started? Because God's funny. They were telling me, which I am going to do a podcast on this. They started talking to me because they're both from Denver. And they started talking to me about their underground tunnels and this weird, evil looking horse. That's how it started was conspiracy theory and underground tunnels that so God led into something that he knew that I would be interested in. And that's how it started. And, you know, at the end of this conversation, she said, cause she got an abortion and she was talking about the picketers that are out there. I'm like, listen, I don't like street preachers. I don't like abortion picketers. I said, they turn people off from the Lord. I, I said, oh you're right. You're screaming at people. This is not Jesus. Uh, You don't see this anywhere in the Bible where they're screaming in your face and you're going to hell. I said, now, if I'm going to talk to a Christian person, I'm going to be a lot harsher with them, but I'm not going to scold a blind man for not being able to see. Why am I going to do that? She said, Kim, I wish, oh man, Lord, help me here. Maybe if I ran into you the day I went in to get an abortion, instead of those religious people, maybe I would have found Jesus. Addie, that broke me. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. broke me because in that moment, while they're screaming and, and I said, listen, there's no judgment there. I said, I can never understand. I, now I said, let me make this clear though, Carla, those women who shout their abortion and pervert it. I said, I will never be very kind to them. I said, but for someone at your age, you were 19, you were struggling with the thought of what do I do? Why would I want to scream with my blowhorn in front of you? I said, if anything, I'm going to love on you and I'm going to talk you out of it. She said, I probably would have never gotten an abortion, Kim, if you were there that day. But anyway, I know I totally digress. Sorry, family. No, that's right. But but that's what I'm saying. I didn't compromise. I wasn't rude. It was just this gentle way of speaking truth in love. Absolutely. That's it. Didn't scream at them. Didn't tell them you're going to hell, which they are. And I told them in a nice way. (laughs) <laughs> you have two options, heaven or hell. That's it. Yeah. And then I did we tell him, <laughs> I know. And I said, like, I said, listen, I said, guys, if I'm wrong, I have nothing to lose. Nothing. I said, but if you're wrong and then I didn't say anything, this was my reaction. I said, if you're wrong, Carla's like, I guess we have everything to lose. I'm like, right. you got it, girl. You know how many times I have said that exact same thing? Yeah. It's amazing. I have right? said that exact same thing. Yes. People, but you know. I mean, I, and the thing is, is they're never at the pool, by the way. They don't ever go to the pool. That's just, I just so. love it. And you were the perfect person and you were not a threat. No. See, you weren't a threat. No. And you know what made you not a threat? 
you were honest with them about the way you lived before you. For sure. Correct. You know how many people God has used for me to witness to the LGBTQ? That's, totally. That's what I'm talking yeah. Absolutely. That's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. I love yeah. it. And there's some that are debased and I end the conversation, but they weren't debased. I think there are debased people in this world that are lost and you're never going to reach them, but their right. spirits, I think at that, and I don't know if that word is right spirits, but yeah. their, their hearts were open. Thank you, Lord. Their hearts were open. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, Sean yeah. and Carla pray for them daily. Well, I, I just, you know, I believe that just God has providential meetings. Yeah. That he, that he, that he sets up with people. I believe that. I, I do that. I believe that. I believe that when I got saved, when I met my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. she was the exact person I needed to witness yeah. to me because I was hell on wheels. Yeah. You know, and 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 people had tried to witness to me before, but she was so loving mm-hmm. and so caring. And she loved me when I yeah. was at my most unlovable mm-hmm. yeah. in my lost state. Yeah. But she knew. Mm-hmm. God, if ever she surrenders <laughs> to you, it is going to be something. Yes, you know, I know. So, so I believe that God providentially sets those things up. And I of think course. that's what happened with you at the pool. Yeah. And they were getting drunker as the time went on and you would think that they would get more angry and they were perfectly fine. Okay. So the next thing that I want to dive into, I'm going to share my screen okay. and because guys, this is only getting better here. So again, this is what they use in the church. So uh, contemplative prayer is a very big thing in the, in Catholicism. When I went to passion city church, mm. they did it there. And so there's no videos. This is just a, a website Fine. that I'm going to share. So, uh, quickly, cause there's a few things we have to go into and then we'll get to the rest. So very is that, quickly. Is that Thomas Keating? It is. That's yes. Thomas Keating. Yes. Is okay. a founding member and the spiritual guide of contemplative outreach LTD. So talk yes. briefly about centering prayer, contemplative okay. prayer. I will definitely do that. And, and, and I'm actually looking, I have some info on Keating, uh, but we don't have to get that specific. I'm just going to name some names okay. and, uh, contemplative prayer. I'm very, very familiar with because I am a former Catholic that is, um, under, uh, contemplative prayer is under the title of monasticism. Okay. Contemplative prayer, centering prayer, breath prayer came out from behind the walls of monasteries because they used to practice this in their solitude in their silence. And so when when monks like Keating and Brennan Manning and several others that I can't think of off of the top of my head came, they said, oh, we need to share this with Roman Catholics because we are like, we are attaining union with God. We are experiencing, experiencing God. We are getting new revelation. And we need to share that with the, the Roman Catholic brothers and sisters. Well, from that point, when, when it jumped the walls and it went into Roman Catholicism about, I think, oh, this is a whole other story. <laughs> after Vatican II, after Vatican II, the church, the, the Roman Catholic Church began, began, uh, became much more embracing, more ecumenical. They had something called the New Evangelization, which was, you know, the, the people who used to be called heretics who are now called the separated brethren, you know, and all that. So they softened their language and their beliefs. They still believe the same thing, 
But what they did is they softened everything to make people more embracing and accepting of the Roman Catholic Church. And so with that came in the early 1970s, there was a, uh, I'm not going to be able to think of the title of it. But anyway, there was a charismatic movement that broke out in Catholicism mm. in the early 70s. And it was it was people, here's the, here was the bridge to go from charismatic Roman Catholicism to um, hyper-charismatic. It was speaking in tongues. Mm. So, so all of this happened after Vatican II, because Vatican II was much more accepting of uh, beliefs and teachings that were not as rigid as pre-Vatican II and the Council of Trent. So uh, just much more open. Anyway, mm. Roman Catholic monk Brennan Manning, he he uh, he wrote a book called The Signature of Jesus. And that's like a Bible for people that that practice contemplative prayer. The reason, the purpose, the goal for contemplative prayer is a change of consciousness. Mm. That's the whole goal. It's practicing the inner life. When you start studying this, you realize at the end that they believe in the divinity of man, because mm. that's why you're going within. See, you're going in to find God, but God is already in you. You know, you have you have you have people that the Catholic Catechism even says that uh, Jesus became a man so that man could become God. Mm. That's Catholic Catechism number 460, I think. I'm not mm. positive. But anyway, right. so they believe in the divinity of man. They don't talk about it. They won't promote it, but they do. So when the monasteries, you know, when the monks started bringing all of this out into the open, then it filtered over into uh, into evangelicalism, into Protestantism, into hyper-charismatic, charismatic, into, I mean, you know, just every branch of Christendom that yeah. you can think of. And it's, 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 there's a, there's a ton of different names for them. It's, it's, uh, contemplative spirituality, centering prayer, centering down prayer, practicing the presence, which was by a mystic named Brother Lawrence. He was a Roman Catholic. He didn't become a monk, but he lived as a monk. Uh, the discipline of the secret. Now that gets us into the secret, which is a, uh, also known as the law of attraction. Mm. So you get into positivity thinking. Then you get into the interior life, which is like the mystic Teresa of Avia or Avila, and she wrote a book. Well, it was a, it was someone put the book together after she died, but they compiled her writings. And the man, the woman was demon possessed. I mean, I studied her life, and she had all the manifestations of mm. demonic possession, and they wow. attributed it to God. Mm. It just, it, it just blows your mind. Anyway, she wrote this book called The Interior Castle, where you go within and you go through all of these rooms, and when you get to the center, you find God within. It's the wow. same thing as the labyrinth. Yeah. If, if you ever seen a labyrinth, you know, that comes from medieval uh, yeah. uh, Roman Catholicism. The same thing. Well, but Manning is the Manning is the one who really initiate that. Him and Father Keating and several other monks that came out of the Roman Catholic Church. They are the ones that that brought it out into the open. Mm -mm -mm. so that it has permeated all of Christendom. I mean, you, yeah. it's very, very rare mm. that you find a denomination that has not been infiltrated by contemplative prayer. And that's the cat. People yeah. go, it says prayer. Right. I said, but sitting in the silence and repeating a word is not prayer. Correct. It's not. So anyway, they go and they tell you all that. They, it was practiced 
uh, uh, by the desert fathers from the third and fourth century. They were also desert mothers. A lot of people don't know that, but they were. The desert mm-hmm. fathers are the ones who, who went out into uh, the, the desert. That's why they were called the desert fathers. And they went into caves. And they had the spiritual experiences. Well, what they did was they took Eastern mystical practices, brought that with them into the, the, the caves in the desert, and they met with God. Wow. So they brought that to the towns. And then the townspeople started going out to them and treating mm. them like their priests and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, it, it's, there's so much that, that we could really talk about, about right. the civilization. You know, the, 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 the horrifying thing, the horrifying thing is that people are practicing the present. They're sitting in the silence. They are, they are participating in contemplative prayer methods and techniques without question. They're not asking, wait a minute, is this of God? Why, if this is so important, why did I never see this or read this in scripture? Don't right. you think that Peter or Paul or somebody would have been practicing Right there next to the verse about mental health. Thank you. And the, and the alm yeah. vibration. Right. So, so, I mean, it just gave rise, and then it gave rise to something called the new monks, which were not really, they weren't really monks, but they like to call themselves that. And a bunch of books came out, and you found those, they, they were taking those books by Roman Catholics, and they were teaching those books as Bible study. Don't call your study of the mm. Bible study if you're not studying the Bible. Right. I have a problem with that. So yeah. they, I mean, you had pe- people like Tim Keller. Now I've been blowing the horn and warning mm. about Tim Keller for decades when people thought I was loony tune. Yeah. And I said, I'm telling you, you wait long enough and he's going to show his true colors. He had these kind of studies in his Presbyterian Calvinist church. Wow. A, a book called The Way of the Monk. He, he had that mm. taught in his, mm. in his church. So people, Kim, they're not questioning anything Mm -mm -mm. and that just you know that just bothers me because i I don't want him to question me right wow so how does lecto uh lecto divini lectio divina because that's that's what passion did so that's that's how do you say that contemplative i'm saying it wrong uh you can call it contemplative or you can Uh, call it contemplative okay either way so either way so um but lectio divina Okay, Lectio Divina is, is Latin for divine reading. And so that's not they, the same as this then? It can be incorporated. Gotcha. See, everything okay. can be intermingled. Yeah. Everything can be intermingled. Like you can say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and I'm going to do some contemplative praying and I'm going to practice some Lectio Divina. Okay, so what you do is there are steps to Lectio Divina. What you do, and I'm sure you probably saw it at the Passion. Yeah. Beth Moore led it. Right. And there was John Piper, Lecrae. Yeah. Cause I was a huge Lecrae fan. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all uh, what you do for Lectio Divina is you just pick a favorite scripture, you read it and you read it over and over until a word or a phrase mit- pops out to you. In other words, it meets you where you are, where your need is. It's always about you. Yeah. It's always about you. It's never about what God is saying in his word. It's about what you're saying. His word is saying to you. You know, mm-hmm. it's always about mm-hmm. you. Rick Warren was a liar, you know. Correct. So anyway, so what you do is you by practicing this, you 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 take it, and people think just because you're using a word or phrase from the Bible, that makes it Christian. Well, no, it does not. Right. It doesn't, because you might as well be saying um mm-hmm. or I'm the great I am. 
Yeah. For your vibrational tone. If you're just going to say, Jesus, Savior, Jesus, Savior, over and over and over and over, you're still using it as a mantra. Mm. So you see, and that's where people get get stumbled over is because they said, well, I'm using words from scripture. Correct. It doesn't matter. The technique and the method and the formula you are using is Eastern mystical new age. It mm. is sorcery. It's divination. Yeah. So, wow. you know, but, but that's how Satan tricks people. You know, mm-hmm. when, when, when before people were kind of, they were a little suspicious about Roman Catholicism, but in the last, from 1940 to today, that suspicion is all gone. Yeah. It's all gone. Now they, they have no problem with the teachings of the Roman Catholic church. At exactly. All. And it's, let me stop my share here. I forgot we're on a small screen. And it's also like, you notice the big names that are coming out now, Mark Wahlberg, and you got the, of course, the Jesus character, um, right. Jonathan Rumi, but mm-hmm. so it's become this big thing where, you know, right. the hallow app and Catholic Catholicism, Catholicism yeah. is the way to go. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, what yeah. I want to do, so, and- go ahead. You go. Go ahead. And that all comes on. That all comes on the heels, Kim. It all comes on the heels of Vatican II that was convened in the early 1960s, Mm. and it completely changed. What happened is the Catholic Church remains the same. It still believes in the same thing. It Mm -hmm, still believes mm -hmm. that that everybody needs to be Catholic, but their tactics have changed. Yeah. See, now instead of forcing you and getting you in your face and saying you have to be Catholic, you got to convert, you have to be under the Pope's authority. Under Vatican II, they're going, oh, um, you can believe what you want. Just call yourself a Catholic and come under the authority of the Pope. And it'll yeah. be good. It's cool. Because now the Pope is embracing even pagan religion. I know. Oh, I know. You know? So it, it's really all embracing. It is. It's, really, uh, it's all embracing. So because of that, and let me tell you the other thing, and I know mm-hmm. we we'll probably have to move on to something else. The other thing, one of the, one of the greatest uh, satanic foot in the door that I saw yeah. was in interdenominational marriage. Mm. I see that here because we have a lot of Catholics in South Louisiana, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Okay? And what happens is, you know, so-and-so's daughter will marry a Catholic. Well, then now I can't say anything bad about the Catholic church because i have a son-in-law who's Catholic and he refuses to, to, to come to church or con- to convert. And my grandchildren are Catholic because when you get married in the Catholic church, you promise the priest that they are going to be baptized and raised Roman Catholic. So I think a lot of that too takes place mm. because of the intermarriage yeah. and now parents mm. and, and, you know, they're between a rock and a hard place. So they yeah. choose to ignore a lot of stuff. Correct. That's that a valid time. point. Yeah, I see it all. Wow. Yeah, you're a plus. I can I can listen to you. We can just talk for seven hours. <laughs> Be like part in the part in the seven hour podcast here, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm serious. Like, because I I am several series. <laughs> I know I'm educated, but not like you're educated. Like I I went down the rabbit hole a little bit just to do what I needed for my yeah. podcast. But you know your stuff. Yeah, but you like have you. to. You know. Okay, you sound like my friends, but you have to. You have to realize. Okay. I, you know, how long, how long have you been doing your ministry and, and researching and studying? A year and a half. Okay. You know how long I've been doing mine? So you can't compare. It's yeah, 30, but still, I mean, you really know your stuff. 30 years I've been doing this. And listen, you know, this, I'll, I'll really quick, just something real personal. You're My good. husband and I would never be able, we never were able to have children. Mm. We would never be able to have children. 
So I got saved, got baptized, and got married within four weeks. It was like boom, boom, boom. Wow. It was was radical. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it was awesome. Anyway, and I've never gotten over it. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, you know, so I had settled in as a former feminist, as a former feminist. I had settled into the fact because I was a I was a dyed in the wool, hook, line, and sticker feminist. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so big mouth too, big mouth feminist. So wow. anyway, so so I had I had totally surrendered myself to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know. I'm, I'm going to, I'll do whatever brings glory to you. Mm-hmm. So if that means being a, a wife and a mother, that's what I'm going to do. Well, we found out after a couple of years that I had a lot of issues and that I was never going to be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my husband and I talked and he went, Hey, if it's just me and you for the rest of our days, no problem. Well, anyway, so the Lord allowed me to work with special needs kids for almost 20 years in our local school system. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was yeah. one blessing. The other blessing, Kim, was I had all this time on my hands mm. that I would have been raising children and yeah. I wasn't. So I kind of sat with my Bible one day and I said, OK, Lord, plan. What is plan B? Mm. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And I walked in my, my library room that I have books and books and books and books of 30 years. Yeah. And he said, look at basically, I didn't hear him audibly, but in my mm-hmm. spirit, I, I heard him say, look at all of these books that you've been studying, researching, you've been writing your fingers off because that was be- before the Internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so think about it. That was before right. the Internet. Yeah. And so he said, this is what this is what you're going to be doing. Mm. But it took 25 years for yeah. all that to come to fruition. But I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I have friends that are like you, you know, they say, oh, well, you know. Uh, and I said, but you can't, com- we can't compare ourselves to one another. I think right. doing, I would never be able to do what you're doing a year and a half into my salvation. Never. Yeah. I could God's... never do it. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. I could not do it. I couldn't. I didn't know enough. Right. A year and a half in. Yeah. I knew Jesus was my savior. Yeah. That was it. That was it. I didn't even know the Bible was in two parts. After I got saved. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't. Like, what's this old and new thing? What's this? What's the Old Testament and the New Testament? I don't understand that. Oh, that is so funny. I didn't know anything. Nothing. I didn't even know that I had been indoctrinated into replacement theology under the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Because they believe that they are Israel. They believe they have replaced Israel. Until I started studying that and I went, oh my gosh. I know. Wow. That's what I was taught as a Catholic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the Lord uses us where we are. He uses us with even our, our, the dreams that didn't come. Mm -hmm. We still, he uses those broken dreams, those those dreams that never happened. That's right. You know, he uses all of that. I know. know, Even like you said, uh, uh, Kim, our, our uh, highly dysfunctional home life. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. God has used that, the fact that mm-hmm. I'll live through that to be able to minister to other people. And That's I'm sure right. He has with you too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know. So um, let's, I know. So what we're going to talk about just really quick is I I won't show it on. I won't do a screen share. So what we're going to do, this is going to be like a, a, uh, like a buzz round for you. So psychic health and healing practices. I want you to talk about that. Um, You kind of already talked about the mantra meditation, but let's talk about that again. And then during the editing phase, I will insert that Joel Osteen video so we don't have to suffer and hear him, Um, his power of I am. So psychic health 
healing so practices. You, okay. So did you have that in your, in your notes for Joel? No, no, no. For, uh, psychic healing practices. Oh, yes. It's number like four Reiki and all that. Correct. So that's these right here that the psychic health, the mantra, the higher self. So just touch on those like super, okay. super fast. Okay. And then well, we'll move uh, on to the videos. Okay. Okay. The higher, the higher self, uh, basically is it's, it's all the same. It's just different lingo. Okay. Uh, the first person that popped into my head was Deepak Chopra. Oh Oprah's yeah. Favorite guru guy. Mm -hmm. right? He wrote a book called the higher self. It, it's, it talks about the higher self. You want to reach the wise divine being within uh, needing to be discovered, you know, it's all about releasing your, your soul and spirit from the fleshly body. That's what it's mm -mm -mm. about. And, 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 you know, my view has always been, and let me, let me turn to this real quick because I, I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. All new, all the new age techniques and teachings, especially what I've seen coming into the church, what I've seen is it's man's attempt at attaining a sinless, immortal body while completely circumventing the creator and Jesus Christ's sacrificial atonement, his death, burial, and resurrection. They want to attain this, this sinless, glorified body. Hmm. Because if you, if you study the mystics, that was their goal was to become sinless. So all of these techniques, all of the, you know, whatever name, title you want to give it, all of these techniques, that's the goal. And when you do that, it is self-deification. If you can get rid of the fact that in the new age movement, the only sin, get this, the only sin in the new age movement is the sin that you do not remember that you are divine. That's the only uh -uh. Thing. Yeah. So if you come to the place in your life where you're doing your little meditations and your 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 uh, mantras and all that kind of stuff, and you reach that point of union with God, and you know you have you have now become a divine being. That sin is no longer; it's gone. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look, if how many how many times have you heard erroneously, of course, in the hyper charismatic movement, people claim to be sinless. George yeah. Myers, one of them. Yeah, she's one of them. Right, I so, think they don't so, sin. Correct. Right, right. Wow. So they, they, there's crossovers and all of that. But anyway, mm. that's what I noticed. And when you look at when you when you look at the mystic, that was their main goal was union with God. And with union with God, you become a God. And then you realize when you become that God, uh, and you became Godhood, your sin is no longer because that was the only sin that was holding you back. Mm -mm -mm. That was it. So wow. it, you know, and all of this stuff, like even, you know, you talk about mantra meditation and you talk about the law of attraction. It's all intermingled, all of it. So let, let's talk, let's just sit just extremely brief. Joel Osteen, he is law of attraction. I don't care what anyone says, but when he talks about the power of I am and you hear him, it, it, correct, right? Isn't he the law Absolutely. of attraction? That's what it is. So just briefly say what the law of attraction is. Just what is it? It's it, it's the law of attraction is like attracts like. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's positivity thinking. It's Norman Vincent Peale. It's Robert Schuller. They were also law of attraction. Yeah, they were too. So all it is, is that uh, your thoughts have the power to manifest in your life. And if your thoughts are positive, right, he's always saying you have to speak positively, you know, don't speak mm -hmm. negatively. That's, the law like of attraction. That's, that's so funny. That's what he sounds like too. <laughs> yeah. That any song. Yeah. You know, 
So that's what the law of attraction is. It's, it's, it's uh, the power to manifest in your life. And you are responsible in that horror to think of that I if know. I thought something negative, that that would manifest itself. Oh my God. Yes, I know. I would be in a terror all the time. Exactly. Blessed by another bestseller. This one is called The Power of I Am. Two words that will change your life today. Okay. Now, when I think of I am, I think of Moses uh, up on the mountain saying yeah. to God, like, who shall I say sent me? And God said, I am uh, that I am. That's right. Now, that seems like a mystery to me. Like, <laughs> what, what, what more do you have to add to the word of God? Well, you know, I think in that case, God was saying I am everything because I am. Right. Now, mine, mine is a different take on it. It is what follows the word I am. I believe you're inviting into your life. So I think a lot of people don't realize it, but play it in their mind. And even sometimes we say it, you know, I, you know what? I am slow. I am unlucky. I am, you know, not attractive. And I think we're inviting negative things in. I think we're supposed to say, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm talented. I think you have to invite the right things into your life. So this is the power of positive vision yeah. for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think it is. The vision, and, the, and I think there's power in our words. I think people don't realize how many times we speak negative things about ourselves. I do that all the time. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought you this book just Thank for you. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, yes, I hope this is going to fix me up. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> do you have to read the book? Do you have to believe in Jesus to read this book? No, you, anybody can read the book. Our message is about even when Jesus was on the earth, he went to all kinds of people. So yeah. I've always tried to get outside of just the church walls. Your book, I mean, your, your, your church is non-denominational, correct? It's non-denominational. Now, are, are you yourself, if I'm a say if I was somebody who was coming to your services or I was watching one of the 10 million people who watches you, you know, uh, every week around the world, uh, are you yourself in a way uh, a denomination? Because, I mean, 10 million people, that's as big as some religions out there. Yeah. I mean, are, there are Lutherans. Are, are, are such thing as Austinians, you know, <laughs> people who follow Osteen? Yeah, well, I hope not. I mean, I, I hope they get inspired by our messages, but I turn everything back to the Lord. But I, I have no, you know, have no... Uh, desire to become a denomination or have followers of me, but followers of Christ. But uh, I do think that, again, I've been a little unusual and I've got outside of the church world. Maybe I, I talk about life, forgiveness, having good attitudes, reaching your dreams, mm -hmm. not just, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times religion pushes people down. As a Catholic, have, let me just ask you this. Have you tried the power of crippling guilt? Have <laughs> 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 you tried that? Oh, no. Well, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. It so works funny. for me, man. It works for me. <laughs> you know, uh, I better do it. I better be better. <laughs> I know. But, you know, really, Stephen, it's funny because it, it is the reason a lot of people don't go to church. They tell me, Joel, I'm guilty enough. I don't go to church. Right. And so, you know what? Our, our, our message is a little bit different. It's if God is for you, that uh -huh. you can recover from a fall. You can reach your dreams. Yeah. You don't have to live under that, you know, the yeah. guilt, the condemnation. Now, as a TV preacher, how do you feel about the image that people have of TV preachers of, Give me your cash and you too will get cash. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is there any is there any of that in your preaching? No, I don't believe any of that. No, I just try to stay away. Do you from... ask people to send you cash? No, we don't. Never really? have. Never have. Oh, that's refreshing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, no. Let me ask you this. Regardless, regardless of whether you ask, do they send you cash anyway? People send cash anyway, though. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me say this. <laughs> Let me say this. I should clarify that. They don't send me cash. I don't take a salary. But okay. I think people can see sincerely. You don't take a salary? That's a nice a... suit, man. <laughs>
it's because I brought you this book, you know. <laughs> um, is there is there like is there a uh, uh, a, a core message uh, to I am that is not one of say prosperity? Is there is there is there one thing you want people to take from this book? Well, one thing is to not be against yourself. You're made in the image of God. He made every person a masterpiece. It's easy to say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not as smart as him, not as funny as him, not as talented as someone. Quit being against yourself. And all through the day, I think, not arrogantly, but in the inside, I am a masterpiece. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm strong. I'm talented. Well, you do look strong and talented. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like your open message like this, like this very accepting, you know, non-denominational, non-rejection. You seem like sort of like a, a Texan Pope Francis in that way. <laughs> a Pope Francis, I'm guessing, like maybe with abs, because you seem... So the law of attraction is you stay positive and you visualize your desire and you will attract opportunities and you bring positive frequencies. Everything is about energy and the force. Mm. Like Star Wars. Yeah. The force, okay? That's God. People mm-hmm. don't realize that the force in Star Wars is God. It's, 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 um, what you, what's the word? It's a, not a simile. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a comparative word for God. It's, it's like instead of using the, the God, they use the force. And that comes from New Age theology, mm-hmm. uh, Hinduism, Buddhism. God is a force. It's all about vibration and rhythm, you know, and all of that. So thoughts can manifest positive or negative. It depends on the energy that you put out. You can put out positive energy, you can put out negative energy. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the healings, I know I just remembered you wanted to talk about that. That's where all the healings come in. That's where all the healings come in. It's all about energy. The person either has the energy uh, within them already, Mm -hmm. or as they're doing the treatment, they receive the energy and they pass it to the to the patient or the patient has energy and the practitioner has energy and it they intermingle and the 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 practitioner fixes repairs the energy of the patient okay. so that's that's all of those you know all of those um i have a list of them somewhere but there's a bunch of them that yeah are uh, that are like energy healing things. Mm-hmm. I used to do a private run for a lady named Kathy. She's blind. And uh, so that's what she does for a living is that spiritual really? healing. And she was telling me about that one day. And um, so she had asked if I ever, I'm, oh no. And she's like, why? And I said, cause I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, that's I bad. said, I'm good. Yeah. You are good. So what is yeah, Reiki so- then? And, okay, and my so question Reiki- is the reason, again, we're doing all of this is because how, when I hear you talk, about all of what we're talking about today. And some of the things are just, I can understand yoga. I'm not defending it, but I can understand yoga because even me, when I was fit, I used to do Pio, which is a blend between Pilates and yoga. And I didn't, every time she would, she wouldn't. And the only reason I stayed with that, and I'm probably going to do it again. I'm not going to lie because she doesn't stay in the stance. So if I'm in a warrior pose, I am not meditating. I'm stretching because I feel like I have no, it helps me with my movement. And I really don't get convicted only because I'm not standing. If I'm holding the warrior, I'm not like, home. it's basically an exercise in my mind. And while I'm doing it, I talk to the Lord because he knows my heart. But so I can understand yoga. Let me give it yoga. I'm not defending it. But everything that we've mentioned here today, Addy, it is so demonic. It is so evil. How do you even get this in the church? Like, how do people not recognize? I'm talking from pastors to the congregants. Nobody recognizes this. I don't. And now Reiki. So talk about that. And how is all of this happening in churches today? I don't get it. 
Okay, so so Reiki is is actually Japanese. Okay, now just FYI, um, what's his name? Mehmet Oz's wife is a Reiki master. No Mehmet way. Oz. You know, Mehmet Oz is a shaman. No. And his yes, and his wife yes, he's a shaman. You're talking Doctor Oz, wife, correct? Yes. Is that who you're talking about, Doctor Oz? That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. No way. The one that Trump endorsed. So anyway, she's a <laughs> yes, Reiki. Mm. That's a whole other ball of wax. Anyway, Reiki healing. Ray means God's wisdom, and Ki means energy. It's Japanese, and it channels the energy of the universe to heal the body, and it can be combined with regular massage techniques. Mm. So the people that I studied that were warning against it, they said it is a well-known fact that people that go and get massages, that's why I don't go to, to get massages with people I don't know. Mm. I don't get massages often, Yeah, if do I, I do, it's somebody that I know. Because they said that if they can, they can quietly incorporate Reiki healing into their massage technique. And they have found, now this is people much smarter than me. They have found that when those people do this several times, they all of a sudden have an interest in yoga. They have an interest in Eastern mysticism. It's like it opens them up to, yeah. It, wow. And they don't even know half the time that this Reiki technique is taking place while the massage is going on. Mm-mm-mm. So you know, that that's just really strange to me. But anyway, and it's very deceptive. But anyway, so uh, here's a Reiki practitioner. Let me read to you this. This uh, it's an article in New Woman magazine. Now it's an older article. Uh, I don't remember. It's probably about 10, 10, 15 years old. But here's what she said. When doing it, Reiki, she's the practitioner. Mm-hmm. She's the one that's doing the Reiki uh, healing. When doing it, I become a channel through which this force, this juice of the universe comes pouring from the palm, my palms into the body of the person I am touching. And usually it's like barely like they might if they're touching you, it's like your the hairs on your body. Wow. You know, it's that yeah. light. All you can feel is them touching the hair on your body, not skin contact. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Anyhow, she goes on and says, sometimes lightly and almost imperceptibly, but sometimes in famished sucking drafts. She's talking about this force, this energy. It's like, Mm-mm. like that. And she says, I'm getting it even as I am giving it. It surrounds the two of us, the patient and the practitioner. Okay. There's a woman named Paula Haran. She said it also makes a level of spiritual transformation available to non-meditators. Now, this is a woman who promotes Reiki. She's a Reiki leader, a Reiki master. And she mm-hmm. says people that are, have no interest in Reiki or any of those mystical things. Right. She says that is usually uh, it's available to non-meditators. She saw people that had no interest find interest after they started. Uh, she started doing Reiki therapy on them. Wow. Now, it could have been some of the stuff she told them to, you know, because because I'm sure she tries to sell them the power of Reiki because that's mm-hmm. her business, right? Correct. That's her money making. Right. So changing this is it's about changing the way people perceive reality and make initiates of the unsuspecting. They're they're getting involved in yoga and in meditation. And a lot of times it's it's ignorance. It's out of pure ignorance. It's out of not knowing it's being ignorant of God's word because you don't have to be a theologian to know that God wouldn't want you messing with this kind of stuff. 
Correct. Okay, there is a spiritual right. realm, and there are there are fallen demonic angels. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. So you don't have to be a theologian to know that, right? You know, but you also have to know what this is about. You have to say, mm-hmm. "Well, Gracie, tell me about it. Where does right. it come from?" Et cetera, et cetera. But nobody does that. They don't. No one questions anything oh. at all. That's why it's probably infiltrating our churches like this. Thank you very much. Wow. And, and the infiltration it comes from so many different places. The other thing I can tell you, and I have seen this myself, the other thing I can tell you is that you have long, long-standing members of a certain church. It didn't matter what it is, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, doesn't matter, Catholic. Mm-hmm. And it, this long-standing member who has proven himself to be a pillar of the community right? Mm. He helped, they helped the church. You know, they're just great. They've been there for 30 years. Never misstep. Yeah. They bring in a book. They bring in a book and they say, I want to teach this in, in, in a class. The pastor doesn't question. Why does he not question it? Because he said, well, that person would never bring anything to church. Mm. That's not wrong. Right. I've seen it happen so many times, Kim. Yeah. They said, so-and-so, so-and-so is the one who was teaching that class. I said, did you question her about it? No. I said, why? She said, he said, because I trust her. I said, wrong. Mm-mm. Don't. Wow. No, I said, the book is demonic. Yeah. You know, so that's another way that it comes in. It mm-hmm. comes in through health and wellness. It comes in through association with other denominations. And it comes in through people putting other people on a pedestal yeah. and not questioning them. Correct. Kind of like Billy Graham. <laughs> yes. As a former Catholic, I mean, look, I have nothing yeah. to say. No, Catholic. I knew it. I, and I mean, Greg Laurie is another one that um, I stopped listening to years ago. Because, you know, like I always told people, I went down the Jesus calling rabbit hole, but I never stayed in it long because all of a sudden it's like after a couple of months of reading it. Again, if the Holy Spirit is indwelled in a believer, now I understand the sanctification process. I do. I get it. But, you know, yeah, sooner or later, the Holy younger. Spirit's going to convict you, right? But. Even though you're younger in your sanctification, mm-hmm. you should have enough wisdom mm-hmm. to question things. Correct. You should have enough wisdom. Like I, I've always told people, okay, whenever I speak stuff, I said, look, if you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and you get a red flag, mm-hmm. you don't have to know why you have that red flag. You have right. to just go, got it. Got that red flag. Exactly. There's something going on. I can't put my finger on it. But yep. there's something wrong. And yep. when you do that, I said, it has never let me down. I've mm-hmm. been doing that for almost for 37 years. Yep. The Holy Spirit has never let me down. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. So Addie, we kind of talked a little bit outside of what we were talking about. So we wanted to bring it in here for the people listening. We dove into a lot of things, a lot of things um, of new age that's being implemented in the church. So I always like to leave on an encouraging note. And um, so you had said, as we were talking, that's not going to be in here. You were talking about discerning sanctification, the process, the enemy coming in. Can you just talk about that? And we can close on a positive note with encouragement, letting people know, you know, how, how can we be more discerning as a follower of Christ? Well, the, you know, discernment, Comes, it's very proactive. Uh, you know, I, I believe that that we are gifted with it with, when the Holy Spirit resides within us. But I also believe that we have to learn God's word. Uh, I was sharing with you, Kim, earlier that when I was a brand new Christian, I didn't even know the Bible was in two parts. So proactive is good. Now, I, I think, you know, uh, Holy Spirit is our teacher of truth. And I think the most important thing is you have to know the genuine to know the counterfeit. 
but you also have to know the counterfeit. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I know God's word and that's important. And that's all I need to know. Well, I think that's the most important thing to know. Uh, But you also have to know the pseudo, the counterfeit that's pretending to be biblical. That's pretending to be of God. That's pretending to be Christian. Mm -hmm. And I think that the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people that that have proven themselves to be discerning. They have a tight, tight walk with the Lord. Uh, They have uh, they have a a very good understanding of of, uh, biblical truths, the fundamentals of the faith. There are certain things that you cannot compromise on. There are peripheral issues, of course. There are certain things that you cannot compromise on. And you also have to at least superficially understand what the counterfeit is as well. You know, that, in my opinion, has has been the best thing for me. And I tell people, you know, not everybody loves to research like we do. Mm -hmm. But you still need to know a little something to know that this is a counterfeit of what God says in his word. And of course, you can't have wisdom and discernment if you're not biblically saved. Mm. And the most important thing is that we know that you know, any of you who are watching, that you know, that you know, 1 John 5, 13 says, I have written these things unto you, that you may know, that you may know, Son of God, that Jesus is the Son of God. So the most important thing I think in our podcast is, as always, is that uh, we reach out to people and let them know that it's Jesus Christ plus nothing. The first thing you have to do is you have to understand that you're a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus is the one and only savior. He is our one and only savior, our one and only mediator. And there's nothing we can do to earn that salvation. The most important thing, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is this, because it is eternal. So I always like to share that with people because. It's what someone shared with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people I was not an atheist before I got saved. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I believed in his virgin birth. I believed in his death, burial, and resurrection. But I also had been taught that there I had to do all of these things to be saved. And what freedom when I found out that scripture said that you don't have to do anything except admit that you're a sinner, know that you're a sinner, and receive the gift that he has he has uh, uh, gotten for you, that he has he has uh, offered you in his death, burial, and resurrection. I think that's the most important thing. And then read scripture, yearn and have a desire for wisdom and discernment and mm-hmm. be proactive because you can't put your Bible underneath your pillow. <laughs> you can't get osmosis. You've got to study. Again, you don't have to be a theologian. You have to know what God's word says, what it doesn't say, what it, it affirms and what it warns against. Very important. One last thing, have to know the biblical Jesus. There are many counterfeit Jesuses out there. I believed in a counterfeit Jesus before I got saved. And I didn't realize he was a counterfeit until I started reading scripture. Make sure that you believe in the biblical Jesus Christ. And he's the one saved through his death, burial, and resurrection. That was absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Addie, you have been a pleasure. And for those listening, um, we are definitely going to have her back. We're going to get to the stuff that we didn't get to on this podcast. So you must tune in again. We will definitely get together and find another time to complete that. But anyway, listen, sis, you have an amazing evening, maybe tonight. And uh, so Maranatha, and until we meet again, as I always say, either here, there, or in the air. So you have an amazing evening. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To find out more information, go to lifeclipspodcast.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? 
Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.